How is everyone this morning? You good? Well, this one works. All right. So I'm just going to get a little bit organised. But while I do, I'm caught off guard. It's the only problem when sometimes there's a little issue. I get to, oh, I'll go help fix that. Anyway. Okay. Uh, first of all, before I get started. Uh, so yeah, my name's Jim. For those of you that don't know, I ramble on a lot, so I'm going to put my timer on. Okay, here I am, I'm ready. Okay, so uh, yeah, my name's Jim, formerly known as Demetrius Cassiotis. That's my actual official name. So if you want anything official, you can write the official side of it down as Demetrius, because that is who I am on my birth certificate. Um, first of all, I just wanted to thanks Pastor Rob um, for and Pastor Pauline for presenting us with that. Last time I, I was up here, I honoured the pastors. This time, I just want to just quickly just honour my wife, Beth. Um, Beth, you know, you do so much and without doing the things that we do, uh, I couldn't imagine it without you. I don't think I was going to get choked up. And... I'm not just, and I'm not just saying this because yesterday I said I was going to be three hours and I was six hours, but um, I just, uh, I'm not, don't take it from me. I'm just, uh, yeah, Beth, I just wanted to honour you and I do appreciate everything you do for us and the boys and uh, yeah, love you. All right, well, I've also got a little joke for you because I'm a humour guy and uh, can't go far, so without saying one. Um, so I once had a job at a bank, uh, I only lasted one day because the customer came in, now she asked me, f- she asked me for, she asked me, oh gosh, <laughs> that's the joke, I can't tell jokes, uh, she asked me to check her balance, so I pushed her, there's the dad joke, alright, there we can move on. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to get into the black and white stuff now. Now I've got all that out of the way. And the, is this? Oh, the old clicker is going to get a mention again. Um, can you put. Yeah, here we go. So that's what I'm going to talk about this morning the power of purpose. Now, this is something I believe that is uh, fundamental to the Christian walk that we, have a, we each have a purpose and we each uh, had one even before, you know where it says in the Bible, we're in our mother's womb. So this morning, that's what I'm going to be talking about. It's a huge topic, and I'm not going to be able to cover it all today. If anything, I just hope and pray that I can influence you, I can encourage you towards the purpose that God's given you, um, and that you you can feel equipped by what God has called you to do and to be. So, Scripture... In Psalms 57.2, it says, I cry out to the God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. This is key in understanding God's purpose for your life. God has numbered your days and will fulfill every purpose he has for you. God has a purpose for you. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, God has a purpose for you? I'm going to pray. God, I thank you that... You have a plan and purpose for each one of us. I thank you that you've given us the, um, the 
tools and the, the things and the grace that we need to be able to walk through that purpose. I thank you for each person here and I just pray that as I speak this word this morning that your presence will anoint it, that your presence will be the power. Not my words, Father, but your words. Holy Spirit, I pray that you're in this room right now and that we can just connect with what you're trying to say to our hearts and to our spirits. Amen. Beth, can I have my water, please? Um, so I'm sure everyone agrees that having a certain purpose is an important role. And whether you like it or not, we're always influenced by certain purposes in life. Oh, hey, Kieran. Good to see you, mate. Happy 30th. When was it? Thursday, big 30. Well done, mate. Okay, back on topic. All right. This stat blew me out. 89% of practicing Christians lack clarity of purpose. I thought that was amazing. So 11 people, well, 11 out of 100 people know their purpose. So, and practicing Christians. So I'm not just talking about Christians that have maybe just, you know, put their faith on the shelf or whatever reason. Practicing Christians. And I just thought, and you know, I looked into the Barna group and their official it wasn't some um, made-up stat that just matched what I was trying to talk about this morning. So that's why I just put on there that little thing. Uh, most recognised, most recognised. yeah, I'd never heard of them, but um, respected Christian research. But 89%, I just thought that was crazy. So this is why it's important that we are always in the Word of God because the Word of God is what gives us our purpose. I'm jumping ahead. Purpose gives us direction. It gives us a filter. It gives us a navigation, hence that mini compass that I've got up there. Purpose is something that it helps us decide from a daily basis whether we're going to be able to walk through or walk towards our purpose or whether we're going to maybe just put our purpose there for a minute. And You know what I mean? Every day we're left with choices. Those choices are either going to favour our purpose or not favour. Our, our purpose is fundamental. Now, going to the Bible, obviously, these there's heaps of characters in the Bible that all had like awesome purpose, but these are the people that I've just jumped out on or grabbed. I can never look past David. I feel like every time I prepare a message, I could just talk about David, but everyone knows the story of David and Goliath. Obviously, the odds, you know, Mini David, big giant, all he had was the word of God and, you know, took down the giant. Walls of Jericho, Joshua, you know, walk around the seven walls. Again, these people, Gideon and obviously the whole Mary, Jesus, all these people were focused in on their purpose and never let their situation darken or uh, stall them from what their purpose was called to do. And I say that because every day, we're, again, we're, we're all in a situation, we all have situations in life, but don't ever let that situation overshadow the purpose of what God's called you to be. Because just these four that I've just picked out, and obviously, like I said, Jesus is the, the ultimate one, um, is something that, you know, I believe that these people apart from Jesus, you know, we're everyday people and they had a purpose. Good to have slides. 
There's a grace given to us when we identify our purpose and gift. So you might be wondering, well, I don't know what my purpose is. That's okay. If you're one of those 89%, this is what we're here to do this morning. We're here to open some things up and hopefully influence you in that. You might be someone that may know their purpose and you're trying to work out how to get there. Or you may know your purpose and um, you're, you're going in the direction of that, which is fantastic. But in Romans 12, 4 to 6... It says in the New King James, it says, For as we have many members in one body, but all members do not have all the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ and individual members of one another. Having then differenting gifts according to the grace that is given to us, let us then prophesy. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion of our faith. Two things I want to grab out of that, is that or three actually, is that one, we all have a different purpose. So don't ever try and duplicate someone next to them. Two, there's a grace that's given to us. Now, the one that I really reckon um, runs parallel to our purpose is our faith. You know, it says here, proportion of our faith. So... God gives us something, a purpose, whatever it might be, and we need to make sure that we're always functioning in that grace and in that faith that he's given us to sustain that purpose. Because when we start acting out of that, I can tell you, if things are hard, I've got to be careful. If things are hard, Sometimes I feel like we're working outside of our faith and our grace that God's given us. I'm not saying ministry can be hard. I'm sure if you talk to Pastor Rob or anyone that's been in ministry, there's curveballs that happen. But I know that God is always by our side and that regardless of sometimes how our mind tells us that you know these things don't add up, whatever, regardless of all those things, um, we still have that fundamental security in what God's doing because we believe in the grace in the faith that God's given us for that purpose and one thing that Pastor Rob's always said is that you know you always try and get a word for a season so you know say oh God you know I feel like God's telling me to do whatever find a scripture and really find something that is fundamental to that can't be shaken because the word of God doesn't change and the word of God doesn't shaken and regardless of what changes out there this never changes so when we have a purpose that has been planted in our hearts and our spirits nothing can shake our faith and nothing can um, nothing can you know take us off the track I suppose to fulfilling our purpose now we're going to go to Gideon's story so I'm going to try and do this in a um, in a way that I mean it's over two chapters so I'm not going to kind of sit here and read all all two chapters but one thing I really relate with Gideon he was this I mean and David but one thing I can really get with Gideon he's just out doing some things before you know God called him um, he was just an everyday guy out in the fields um, doing or it says, verse 11, he was thrashing wheat. So verse 11, so Judges 6, 11 to 39. So he was thrashing wheat, the angel of the Lord appears. Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. I love that. 
God calls Gideon a mighty hero. He's just out thrushing the fields in the middle of nowhere, yet God is still looking and speaking to Gideon as his purpose, as who he is through God. And can I just say to you, don't worry about what the world says about you. It's about what God says about you. And can I say, um, mighty hero in other versions it says, mighty warrior, the Lord is with you. Now, Gideon had a little bit of a conversation with God about where he's been. You know, there's a bit of stuff that's gone down. Um, can't really explain it very well because I got more carried away about the, the front of the story than the back. But basically, there's a lot of bad stuff that's gone down. And Gideon's like, where have you been? You know, you've left us here. And God continues to tell Gideon, go with the strength I have for you. I'm sending you. Now, the doubt rises quickly in Gideon. But Lord, how? I'm the weakest in my clan and I'm the least in my family. Again, the Lord tells him, I will be with you. Again, Gideon says, give me a sign. So he goes and gets some bread together and uh, comes back with an offering. And basically the Lord puts it on fire and says, I've clothed you in power. Now this is another one that I want to grab this morning. Clothed with power. That is something that I believe that we are all clothed with when again we're walking in our purpose. Walking in our purpose. So after God's still spoken to Gideon and given him one sign, Gideon asked for another two. Basically, I'm not going to go into it, but two more signs. Um, and he's called an army of 22,000, which is pretty, pretty good effort, again, because he's been clothed. So what I'm trying to grab out of that is that God anointed Gideon, Gideon called an army of 22,000 because, again, he was working in the purpose and faith and grace that God had given him to rally an army together. Now, he rallied an army of 22,000. Now, if I was Gideon, I'd be pretty happy. I'd be doing the figures and I'd be like, 22,000 is pretty good. So I'm a human. I like doing some number stuff. And sometimes you like the numbers to add up before you go into doing something. Is that just me or is it other people who can relate to this stuff? You know, I need to see it. I'm task orientated. I need to see it to believe it. The numbers need to add. Now, Gideon, yeah, got 22,000. But God says to him, you've got too many warriors. Again, I'm paraphrasing here. If you want to read this legitly, you can read it. But God says you've got too many warriors. This will show their own strength. So God tells him to basically offer to the um, offer to the men. If you're fearful, if you're scared, you can go home. Bang, twelve thousand left straight away. Yeah, ten left. God still says you still got too many, Gideon. Now I'll be starting to worry if I was Gideon. Like, I'm like, well, timer. <laughs> um, there's something that I think that God wants to continue to do a work in us because of 
not because of what we can add up, but because of what the faith can produce. That's probably my point that I'm trying to get to. So basically God says, let's bring it down to 300. I'll give you victory. So the other thing, after this, they got the 300, they go to a camp, they stay at night, and God speaks to Gideon and says, basically, this is me paraphrasing, but if you've still got doubt, go down to the camp, and listen to the conversation that they're having. They're fearful. They're gonna, you know, there's a, there's something that is. I've handed handed you over. I've handed the. Who is it, Beth? Who's the baddies? Malachites, Midianites. I'm calling the baddies. It's my dad thing. Baddies and goodies. So Gideon's guys are the goodies. The other guys are the baddies. Basically, go down to the baddies camp, listen to their conversation. So, in that, they listen to a few men sharing a dream, and then Gideon just gets confirmation that it's, uh, it's on. Jesus has set it up, and all that Gideon has to do is basically roll in. Um, so... Basically, they divide up into... 100, no weapons, just rams, horn, clay jars, and with a torch in it. Now again, <laughs> David went there with a slingshot in a rock. You know, like, I just think, again, I want to go in with the biggest gun possible when I'm going into war. I would think so. But again, there's, can you see where there's so much room for faith to be active? Like, I think that's all I'm trying to outline. I know I'm jumping a bit, but it's... Where I want you to see is that all these physical gaps, flesh gaps that we see that are like, oh, how come, you know, 22,000, that would be so good, whatever. They've gone around to a campsite that were far bigger than 300 with ram's horns and empty clay jars with a torch in it. Like God has told them to do this and this is where I'm saying Gideon believed in God that he was going to come through after f- being told four times. Now, I would be asking for, um, what's the word, confirmation too. Like, it, this is where I can relate so much with Gideon. It's like, God's already told me once, go. Oh, can you, t- you know, just give me another hint, give me another hint. Tells me again, two. Tells me again, three. Tell me again, four. Like, Am I the only one that needs the confirmation? You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like in your today today, you might think, oh, I've made a few decisions that haven't quite gone well or, you know, it's not quite adding up. It's okay that it doesn't add up because it's about what God can do in your situation when A, there's maybe not many or B, it might just not even think, how am I going to do this? I'm just a boy. I'm the least in my clan. You know, having doubt is normal. It's about what we do with the doubt. It's about how we let it control us and dictate us and even sometimes dictate. We let this be dictated, not God. You know, how many times do we, there's a quote that I'm jumping to, but, you know, your faith can move mountains and your doubt can create them. Now, that wasn't my quote. I wish I came up with it, but. Your faith can move mountains but your doubt can create them. Can I shoot from the hip this morning? Sometimes as Christians, 
me included, we see a mountain and then we create another five in front of it because we want to somehow feel better about why we can't get to the big one yet. Whereas in God wants us to be able to step into our faith in the grace that he's given us to then be able to walk through that mountain or go up or go down it, whatever it might be. You know, the other thing about our purpose is that it always it, it always affects others as well. You know what I mean? When we have a victory, we're actually having victory with a whole with a whole lot of other people. Because we're we're on a journey together. Now yes, I mean I, I don't know if God has or hasn't, but it's very rare that God will say, Hey, I've called you to go live in a treehouse where there's no one. You know, like no problems, nothing. Now I know it does some I think of it and think, Yeah, it sounds all right, but it's not what God's called us to do. You know, it's always our purpose is always gonna be able to influence and glorify God. And we can't glorify God I mean we can, but we can't glorify God by ourselves. You know what I mean? Like we need to be able to show how God can be moving with something that sometimes doesn't quite add up. Like I said, the figures don't line up here, yet the word of God and the faith that Gideon was working in does. There it is. Your faith can move mountains, but your doubt can create them. So I want to give you three easy steps towards how we can be effective or work towards Oh, look, I've got it up there, so I knew I wasn't going to wumble. Steps towards outworking your purpose. That's simple, isn't it? So first one, be a witness and glorify God in all we do. Isaiah 43, 10, 12. That's what I was just saying, glorifying God in all that we do. Be a witness. You know, don't overcomplicate the, the purpose of what God's given you. Can I just, as a, and this isn't a plug for serving, like I'm not trying to get people to serve, but... When we're serving, it activates our faith in what we're doing. It, a service might not be our ultimate purpose. Me playing drums or sound isn't my ultimate purpose. But it's David was out with his sheep. Gideon was out thrushing wheat. You know what I mean? He wasn't in purpose school, like thinking about, oh, well, I'm just going to wait here and then, and then get picked out to then go straight to my purpose. There's so many stories about that. You know what I mean? And that's where... I think that's not overcomplicate. I just want to step into my purpose. Maybe God's trying to prepare you for that purpose. You know, we go down the marina a lot for work and we see a lot of nice big flash boats. And, you know, <laughs> sometimes you sit there and like the, normally the people tell you where the keys of the boat are so you can get in and do stuff. And... sometimes I have this thought and I'm like, man, how cool would it be if like the owner just said, you know what, Jim, you and the boys can go out for the weekend. Like I know me and Guy used to joke about it. Go out for the weekend, just take the boat out, whatever, you know. That'd be great, just you. But then I'm thinking, I'd know where to start the boat. I'd know where to start it. But then to get out of the marina without taking about five other boats with me, you know, like it's more than just turning the key. Like there's got to be a process in learning on how to control such a vessel. I know this is, I'm going into something practically, but, you know, this is why sometimes I believe God just doesn't go, hey, your purpose is to preach to a thousand people. You know, like there's a start somewhere or 
Your purpose might be whatever. I mean, I'm not... But my point being, sometimes if God was just to give us our full purpose from the start, I really think we'd make a mess of it. You know, like like me driving out the marina with a boat. I'd, I'd have about three boats trailing behind me because I forgot to undo the ropes or something. Glorifying God and being a witness. That's the first one. The second one. The enemy doesn't like that we pursue our purpose. The enemy doesn't like that we'll be glorifying God. The enemy doesn't like that we're being a witness. So we need to make sure that we build a defense against the things that come up and challenge our purpose. Because they happen. It's life. Living in the treehouse would be good, but... God hasn't called us to live in a treehouse by ourselves. It's to there, we're there to live life. The challenges, you know, they're going to come, but we need to build that defense. And we've got all this stuff in the Bible that tells us about how we can do that. In Ephesians 6, 11, it's just a reference to that. You know, it's one of those things that when we get, we can't just nail this stuff overnight. It's a working process, you know, progress it's something that don't you know don't beat yourself up because of you may have been knocked down just get back up or just start by thinking about how to get back up but a side note the enemy won't attack where you're ready for it okay that's one thing i heard a preacher say once and it's just stuck with me ever since you know we think oh i'm going to put like the shield up from this side of things which might be Whatever, I don't know, whatever it might be. But, you know, sometimes the enemy will come around where we're not not watching. And that's where I believe that if our faith and our relationship with God is um, in a way that we're always hearing from the Spirit and we're accountable to other people, then that's where God can help us. All right, number three. So most of all, trust that the Lord... Trust that God will see it through. So there's a trust like Gideon. Gideon went out there and trusted that God, after four signs, I mean, like, I know I keep going back to it, but Gideon still built that trust. He still had to go out there. Now, how much trust would you have to go to go out to a a war site or you're you're about to start a war or a fight? Now, one thing I thought was quite funny before all this happened, God spoke to Gideon and said, grab the ball and we're going to go wreck an altar back in, your, back in the baddies place. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I didn't do, <laughs> do more theology. But basically, grab the ball, go wreck the altar because that altar shouldn't be there to start with. And so these guys are already like, Gideon's got a target on his back already. You know what I mean? They've already, the bear's already been poked. There's like something going on that's like, Oh, you wait till we get Gideon. I'm going to grab him. You know, there's no like, oh, who's this Gideon guy? It's just another job. They know who Gideon is because he just wrecked an altar. I just thought it was funny. Grab the ball. We're going to go wreck this altar. Like it's like, we got excavators today. They had balls back then. So anyway, so um, yeah, they were ready. Now, totally lost my train of thought with that. Trust it. We trust. Oh, yeah. So then they rock up, everyone's all ready to go, ready to punch Gideon up. Well, they're sleeping, but you know what I mean. They're kind of like, we know who this guy is, we're going to wait for him. And they rock up with jars and, uh, and what was the other one? 
and Ramshorn. Ah, you're listening. I was just checking. How much trust would you need to go, I'm about to start this fight, they all want my head, yet I've got an empty jar and a torch. It's like trusting God, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I just think that that's such an illustration of another thing of trusting in God. Same with David and Goliath. All right, must be getting to the pointy end. Job 42, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. Is that right? Thwarted. Now, thwarted means like changed (laughs) or taken away. God's purpose for you doesn't expire. If you can remember anything this morning, I just want you to remember that. God's purpose for you doesn't expire. It's always current. It's always active. Sometimes we just put it on the shelf. And that's one thing I want you to be encouraged about is that even though it's on the shelf, it's not expired. It's not like milk. This happens all the time at work. I get this like, I buy milk. I make a lot of coffees because people come in. And uh, I always have these like empty like half milks in the fridge. And I don't want to take them out of the fridge because when you take them out, they start to go off. We've got, well, they're out of date is my point. Sorry. They're out of date. I hold, I'd have four in there. And uh, it's expired, but I leave it in the fridge and it happens. But God's purpose isn't like milk. It doesn't expire. There's no expiry date. (laughs) All right. The famous Pastor Rob said the presence of God is to enable the purpose of God. Spend time in God's presence. If you feel like your purpose is slipping through the cracks, if you feel like you're not sure where your purpose is, just spend time in the presence. Again, I overcomplicate things sometimes. I want to work. God, I don't know what to do. How am I going to do it? Sometimes I just got to sit in His presence and just dwell in it. Know that God's purpose hasn't expired. Spending time in it. I really think that that quote that Pastor Rob had really hit the nail on the head. The presence of God is to enable the purpose of God. So I hope you can take something away from what I've said this morning. Your purpose is basically awaiting you and that we need to walk on it, but we need to understand that there's steps that go into it. So what I want to do is, if you, I just, I want to, I'm going to open the altar and I just want to, you know, feel that some people want prayer for them, they're open to and you can come up but if you know your purpose then I want to pray for you and just pray that God will continue to keep you on your track and that you'll continue to work in it through the grace that he's given it he's given to you if you've lost it then I want to pray that God will help you find it again and if you don't know it if you're one of those 89% then I want to help you or I want to show you someone that can help you find it. And just to cover everyone, last, if you just have any needs, then our ministry, so this is our prayer time as well, our ministry team are waiting. We'd love to pray for you. Um, you know, there's power in prayer and I really believe that when we activate our prayer and activate our hearts, then 
God can speak to us. Forget about what the person's doing next to you. Just think about you and God. So we're just going to play a song, and if you feel uh, if you feel an urge in your spirit to come out the front, please, I urge you, come out and uh, we'll pray.